You're tuned in to another episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs by Recruit CRM. I'm Sean from Recruit CRM here with Paul Diaz. Uh, and pa- Paul's an amazing recruitment entrepreneur with uh, a very, very interesting story that I think a lot of people would like to hear and learn from. Uh, and you know, this is the first episode of the Recruitment Entrepreneur Series by Recruit CRM, so let's get started. So, Paul, do you want to start by giving us your story, just like who are you and how did you end up in recruitment? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know what? Thanks for, thanks for having me on your first episode. That's uh, it's quite an honor. Um, so, my story, gosh, uh, born in New Jersey, the youngest of five. Uh, my family's from the Dominican Republic. I'm the only one born in the United States. Uh, when my mother was pregnant, she forced my father to get to the U.S. because she wanted me <laughs> born here. So, uh, raised in a small town called Old Bridge, joined the Marine Corps right out of high school. I think I graduated, graduated mid-June, graduated high school mid-June. I was in boot camp August 2nd, so I didn't even get much of a summer. That's crazy. I uh, spent four years in the Marine Corps and then, um, Got out and worked in the utility industry for about 10 years at a nuclear power plant. And that's kind of how I got into recruiting. It really just fell into my lap. Uh, it was uh, really circumstantial. I uh, went from working as a security officer at the nuclear power plant, and I applied for a uh, low-level management position. And from there, things just happened. And uh, I really can't explain it, but one one thing led to another, and before you knew it, I was leading the recruiting team for the uh, for the power plant. Um, funny fact is that I've never held the job title as a recruiter, not once. My first <laughs> job, my first job in the industry was as a recruiting manager, and luckily, I was leading a really good. I was leading probably the best recruiting team the company had. So those folks, they really took me under their wing. They showed me what uh, what it meant to be a recruiter, how they did their jobs, and you know, as their leader, I uh, made sure I just removed their roadblocks and got them the tools that they wanted, and made sure that they were able to do their jobs. So it was a good relationship, and uh, it really it set the stage for my future in recruiting. And and Paul, to go back into it, so that the audience gets an idea of what you do today, could you give us an idea of you know what your business is today and what you do, and you know what's your yeah. You operate at stuff like that. Oh gosh, I uh, from there. I mean, I've spent over twenty years in the recruiting industry um, in different capacities, different industries: healthcare, utilities, uh, veterinary medicine. And then late last year, I decided that um, I could do it better on my own. You know, and uh, I started Higher Power Consulting with the intent of helping. Um, veterinary practices optimize their recruiting processes based on the results that I was able to bring my last corporate employer. Um, and soon thereafter, COVID hit, and I was a little nervous about that. But the good thing is, is that the veterinary industry has proven itself to be bulletproof. Um, it survived the 2008 recession. It just survived um, uh, the swine flu. It survived COVID. I mean, it's it really is bulletproof. So my business actually thrived um, where a lot of folks were having challenges and it's, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, yeah. the impact that this has had on, on the globe. Uh, but fortunately I have to admit um, my business has thrived. So 
Uh, I can't complain. So, Paul, uh, like to to pedal back a little bit. When you were a ten year old kid, did you <laughs> know that you would be a marine or you'd you'd be a recruiter? What was the dream job back then? No, when I was a kid, I was supposed to be a cop. That's all I ever wanted to do. Um, NYPD. Uh, actually, I wanted to be a New Jersey state. I wanted to be a New Jersey state state trooper. You know, that was uh, every time I saw those guys, they they were they were my heroes. Um, and then as I got older, yeah, I knew I was going to be a Marine, primarily because I've always, you know, I I wasn't a good student. I'll just be honest with you. I was uh, kind of a, I was a troublemaker as a kid. And okay. when I started throwing that idea around, a lot of people told me it was never going to happen and I wasn't going to be able to do it. And that is something that's been a common thread throughout my life. Um, a lot of folks seem to want to challenge me and tell me that there's things that I can't do. And as soon as I hear those words, I love proving people wrong. Well, that, that sounds like a Marine to me. <laughs> there you go. All right. Okay. And, and back to your entrepreneurial journey, right? Uh, so when you, you, you know, you made it sound pretty easy that, you know, you were, you were doing a good job at your employer and you were like, Hey, I can do this easy, like better myself or for myself and make more money. But what are the nuances of starting your own recruitment firm? So like, before you were, you wrote that email that says, I quit, right? What, what are the things that went through your head? Like, how did you prepare financially? Like, did you save up like a certain number of months of money? Like, you know, did, did you build up certain relationships? How did, how did you get it off the ground? Well, yeah, I mean, the money was important, right? So I had anticipated at least a year of little to no revenue. All okay. right. So I knew that I knew going in that I need to ha- I needed to have a good little a good nest egg to to survive not just to maintain the business but also to keep myself afloat. So I had uh, I budgeted for at least a year of okay. that, um, and I really focused on my expenses. I, I knew, I mean, when when I got into it, I, I wanted the best of everything. You know, I wanted all the best software. I wanted all the best tools, but you realize, hey, when that money's coming out of your own pocket, you need to kind of streamline and, and do the best you can with as little as you can. So I had to make some very, very strategic and specific decisions around how I was going to spend money, which, you know, on the business side, it actually helped me personally as well, because I'm not the best budgeter of my personal money, but this is this exercise has actually helped out as well. And what's, what's advice you would give new entrepreneurs on where to focus most of their spending and where to cut back the first year? Well, you know what? The, like I said, the money is the most important. Both personally and, and for your business, right? Where, I think you know, what you need to do is understand what you actually need to accomplish the mission, right? So understand the difference between what you need to get the job done and what you want. Right? Just like in a personal life, needs and wants, right? Totally, yeah. um, because there's, there's a lot of tools that I want for my business. Yeah. But you realize I can do this stuff without them, right? And maybe later on I will get it and it'll simplify things. It'll make things a little easier. But at first, you've got to tough it out. You've got to grind it out. Now, can you give us an example uh, Paul, just, just so it, it's real. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll give you a real, a very specific example, LinkedIn recruiter. Okay. Right? So LinkedIn recruiter, something I wanted, right? But man, I think it's expensive. It's extremely expensive, right? So how do I work around that, right? And this goes back to your question. Some of the things that you need to have set up when you want to launch your own business. Obviously the money's, money's one thing, but 
The other thing that really helped me, and I did not anticipate this, and I wasn't expecting it, it was the network that I built, okay? That network proved to be so valuable to me because when I left my previous job and I made one post on LinkedIn, on my personal page, I made a post, hey, you know what? I celebrated the results, the year-end results that my team brought, and I congratulated them. I said, hey, best of luck. And I used that post as a plug for my new business. And I said, hey, now that I'm essentially a free agent, if there's any other um, employers out there in this industry who want to achieve or want to learn how to achieve these same results, I'm here. I'll be happy to help you. And Sean, no BS. The next morning, my LinkedIn inbox had several messages, at least six or seven new clients right off the bat who wanted to work with me on day one. On LinkedIn, social media. And these are people you didn't know? or No, no. These are people that I was connected to through my LinkedIn network, right? So that's what I'm saying. It's important to build those networks in, in, in all industries, right? Because you just never know what's going to happen, right? So I built a very strong network in the veterinary industry and in the human healthcare industry as well. And I reach out to these folks, right? These aren't just – it's not like just you connect and forget. I connect mm-hmm. and I, I message, right? So when they see a post from me, they respond to it. So when they saw that, they responded. And, you know, my business, it, 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 it jump-started my business. So this thought in my mind where I'm not going to make any money in my first six months, I made a ton. So, like, so I, the, how long did it take for you from the time you quit your job to the first dollar in the bank from, from, from your business? How, how many funny, days? funny you ask that because right here, uh, every single hard check that I've gotten since I left. So... I left, I left and uh, I started this business in January. So January 1, okay. my first check, my first check is January 10th. Damn. Okay. So, and, and this is for an actual placement or a retainer? This was, this was a consulting. So they wanted me to help them achieve the results that I brought to my last job. And you know, what I did is, Obviously, I've got a lot of vendors who pay electronically, but I've got some that pay through hard check. And when I get a hard check, I keep it and I pin it right here as a reminder, as a reminder of, hey, you know what? You're doing good work. Keep it up. And this is my motivation, you know? That's incredible. So, yeah, January 10th, I got my first check. 10 days. I I, I don't think most people that are watching this show and want to become recruitment entrepreneurs need to set that as their benchmark. Cause that's too hard <laughs> to achieve. You're a monster. But like, uh, no, but here's the thing, Sean, Here, you know what? It's, I don't, I don't think it's hard to achieve. I think it's very possible. I think some, I think people are going to do way better than me. But the thing is, is that the, the one piece that I'm telling you, the one piece that helped me was the relationships that I've built. Right. Because, you know, my, even as when I'm working in a corporate environment, okay, although I have other colleagues, right, or other peers who are working for other companies, and most people consider them competitors, right, I never viewed them as competitors, right? Yeah, we're not going to share our corporate secrets and stuff like that, but you know what? How to recruit and techniques on recruiting and recruiting tools, that's not, those aren't secrets. Yeah. Those aren't secrets. So I share that information, and that's why... I think my network responds to me, you know, well, because very, I, I'm not that type of person. It's a very execution-driven job, right? It's, there's, it's, it's not like tech or something where you have a secret algorithm that works better than anyone else's. It's just there's some people well, there's, who follow the process and hit, you know, 
make yeah. those so, calls and send those emails and just hustle it out. There's no hidden. There's no hidden pool of talent out there that only one person has access to. It just doesn't exist. So Paul, this is incredible. You you know you you made your first first dollar or, or first few thousands of dollars in ten days. Uh, and that was obviously something that was a positive, right? Something you didn't expect that ended up happening. What was something that you did expect that didn't happen, right? Starting a company, was there anything that you expected would work out a certain way and it just didn't work? Something that would work out that didn't. Um, yeah, you know what? Um, I thought that it was going to be easy for me to scale. And what I mean by scale is meet the demands of my clients, right? Through my own internal hiring, but um, granted, I, I am doing well financially in terms of revenue, but I'm not at the point where I'm able to have an employed staff where I can give them the salary that I want to be able to give them. So starting out, I had a lot of uh, contingent recruiters trying to help me out. And what I learned is that, you know, if, if you're a side gig, you're going to be a side gig, right? And there's like, there's just no accountability. There's no consistency. And it's, uh, you know, I ended up putting a lot of work in to set up accounts, to set up tools and technologies that these contingent recruiters were going to start using. And then, you know, a month down the road, they decide, ah, I just don't want to do it. So it, it was a lot of time and money. And, you know, I had a lot of in and, ins and outs. But, um, you know, that was definitely a lesson learned. And that was something I, I didn't really anticipate very well. And so, Paul, like, what are your plans going forward? Right. And, and, and this is something we've talked about before. Right. One, what are your plans for your business going forward? And also, what do you think? Where, where, do, you, where do you think the industry is heading? You're specifically in the veterinary recruitment space. So, you know, what do you think? You know, where, well, where you to take your business and uh, the market in general. So one of the things I want to do with my business is automate as much as possible. Right. Um, automation uh, drives simplicity, right? And I'm, I prefer simple things. Yeah, and I, I like to keep things simple. Cut you there, right? Like everyone talks about automation. Automation is like this awesome buzzword, right? Everyone's like, we want to automate. Can you be a little more specific about parts of your process that you think need to be automated and parts you think can't be automated because they need an actual recruiter or a consultant? Well, it's, it's funny you're asking these questions, Sean, because... Um, you know, I think uh, to answer that question accurately, you need to understand the evolution of not just my business, but the evolution of my thought process because recruiting itself, right? Um, if you think about the recruiting industry itself, regardless of what technical industry you're in, I don't know anybody in this industry who can tell me when the last evolution of the recruiting process has occurred, right? The last well, you know what? I'll tell you, the, the biggest one was when we stopped advertising in print and, yep. st and started advertising online. But other than that, the process and the engagement has been the same since forever. So I'm the employer. I need to hire somebody. I'm going to advertise my job. You're going to apply. I'm going to call you. We're going to talk. We're going to interview. I'm going to offer. Done deal. Right? Yep. That has stayed the same for pretty much ever. Now, for me right now, the things that I'm trying to automate are those repetitive actions that every recruiter does, right? So whether it's messages or, you know, job postings, uh, all the repetitive things that, that we do over and over again by candidate, that's what I'm automating now, right? 
Um, and yes, I'm using a lot of CRM or recruit CRM functions to do that because it enables that type of automation. But future, you know, now, I mean, that's me today, but down the road, I truly believe that, and this may, this may uh, hit some of my peers directly between the eyes, but I do think that the future of recruiting is going to be automated. And that is something that I'm personally working on. So that's where I'm going to take my business. I believe that it can be automated. I also think that, you know, as far as skilled talent recruiting, so there's a big difference between skilled talent recruiting, right, versus a high volume recruiting for like uh, retail, fast food, stuff like that. The skilled talent recruiting where your candidates require required to have certain level of education or credentials, that is going to be impacted significantly by this automation where the candidate and the, the playing field between the candidate and the uh, employer is going to be leveled, right? Right now, the playing field is that the employer has more leverage, leverage in that process. Yeah. But I see that changing in the next two to three years. Um, and yeah, I do think that automation is coming. Um, I am actually working on a really exciting project right now uh, in regards to that. And I mean, the, uh, the, the ancillary um, impact of what I'm working on means less recruiters. And if it works, we'll probably do like a follow-up episode with you talking about what you're doing. <laughs> there's, there's no if about this, Sean. It's going to work. When, when it starts working, Paul. When it starts. When it starts. So a few more questions as we close out. Uh, what's the hardest part about doing your job every day? The hardest part? Like what, um, what makes it feel like this sucks, that I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to retire. Right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that happens sometimes, right? There's, there's no way. Oh, there's, there's no sometimes about it, man. It's <laughs> almost every day. But, um, you know, I think uh, it's, uh, you know, what? That's a, that's a tough one for me to answer because there's just so many factors. But a lot of times it's the struggle, right? Um, where as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, your life is peaks and valleys, right? As when I'm an employee of a corporation, I know every two weeks I'm getting a check, right? Yeah. But it's that it's the peaks and the valleys, especially when you're in that valley. It's like, gosh, do I want to do this anymore? Do I, you know, the stability of being in a corporate environment, you know, is it, so attractive now that I'm in that valley. Yeah, the the, the effort uh, to return is not like linear. It's it like, definitely is not. It's not like it a treadmill that every time you move your leg forward, the number changes. Here, it absolutely you're is like crazy for a few weeks and make nothing, and then one fine week, you're doing the exact same thing, and to change. But right. here's the thing, you know. I think entrepreneurs have a specific mindset of, you know, they're they're okay being uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. And I thrive. I, I you know, I realized. Um, I, I, I do thrive in that environment. I, when, I, when my back's against the wall, that's when I do my absolute best work. I, I so when I get Elon, down into those, oh, go ahead. Elon Musk has a phrase for this, right? He's like, entrepreneurship is like, you know, looking into the abyss while chewing glass, right? Because you, <laughs> you know, that's a, something along those lines, right? Like, so, you know, that's very dramatic, uh, but it's, it's obviously close. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
it, but uh, there's nothing there's nothing guaranteed in this, right? Yeah, there's no guarantee in a corporate environment either. But you, you're relatively safe that you're going to get a check every three weeks. I don't know when my next check is coming, and but you, yeah. I trade that for the freedom it gives me. Yeah, it does. And and uh, Paul, as we close out, three quick questions. Uh, if this didn't work out, right? If 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 say ten days in you hadn't gotten that check and the entire year went by and you made no money, what was your backup plan? I didn't have one. No black, no backup plan. Do, nope. do you recommend other entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs who want to be recruitment entrepreneurs not have a backup plan? No, I don't recommend it. Um, <laughs> I think I, I really don't. I mean, I think that's something. I mean, but you also have to understand that I'm. I'm somebody who thrives on that. You know, I like living on the edge. I, I jump out of airplanes for fun. Okay. So, um, granted not having a backup plan is, wasn't a smart idea, but you also have to understand if I was a different personal situation, if I was married, if I had a family, then yeah, you know what? There's different factors. So everybody's decision is unique to their own situation. And for me, it's me. And I don't know where she went, but my dog was in the background. It's me and Stella and that's it. So, so Paul, since, since you just talked about that, what, what, oh, come what, what, what does your family situation look like? Are you married? Do you have kids? Do you have a girlfriend or boyfriend? Do you, do you, you know, do you, do you have one dog, many dogs? What, what's that like? Me and Stella. That's it. Brilliant. Okay. And last question before we close out, Paul, what would be your advice to your 20 years, 20 year old self? Like if you had to go back and do, go to little, Paul, right? Like, well, I hope you've got another hour because I've got tons of advice for the 20 year old me. If you number one, like one or two lines. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> uh, first of all, I would tell a 20 year old self to buy Google, Apple and Amazon as much as you possibly can. Of course. Life advice. <laughs> so I know that was a joke. That was a joke. Seriously though. Um, I would say find what you're good at early on and do just that. Um, try not to work for somebody else forever. Okay. Find what you're good at and do it on your own. Um, use your vacation time. <laughs> Never don't ever prioritize work over yourself, your friends or your family. Don't, it's Brilliant. just not that important. And, uh, collect memories, not stuff. That's what I, I tell myself. It. I love it. I love it. And Paul, thanks for being part of our first episode with, with, you know, recruitment entrepreneurs. And thanks for telling us your story. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, Sean. Uh, thank you for having me. And if uh, there's anything else I can do for you, just let me know. And that's all for today's episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs. Like and follow us if you liked today's episode and want to hear more stories from the world of recruitment.